You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, everybody, you are listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. If you haven't yet, go check out timetogowild.com or wherever you download apps, you will find the Go Wild app. Go Wild is one of the fastest growing social media applications for outdoor enthusiasts. So check it out wherever you download your apps or timetogowild.com. And now it's time for the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. New intro. Boop, boop, doo, 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 boop, doo, 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 Nine Finger Chronicles. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, you, what, might, you might keep the original. Keep, <laughs> so I'm honest, one in ten, what'd you think of that intro? Yeah, that was 7.5. 7.5? Yep. Yeah. I wish you could see his face. He's like, he just, with your eyes, you just called me a dumbass and it's hurts my feelings sorry all right so sorry not sorry that's what the new kids are saying sorry not sorry yep that's a song really yeah all right and that concludes today's podcast have a good (laughs) no all right so on today's episode we are going to recap my this year's deer harvest my my buck that i shot uh this year and there's only one guy i wanted to share the story with while recording it and that's my quote-unquote hunting buddy (laughs) ryan eiberg um and he's here today because it's november 7th and it is the very first day of his rutcation and uh he's gonna we're just gonna I'm going to tell him the story. He's going to ask questions, and basically, it's just you're going to listen to me telling him the story. That's what that's what it's all about. Um, and uh, then after the podcast, we're going to go hunt a standing cornfield together and shoot some does or a big buck. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, just like the good old days. The good old days, right? Yeah. Except we don't have to. You don't have to get out of the truck to open any gates. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this year on that farm. Uh, she doesn't have the goats in that one pen, so uh, there, there's two gates that you don't even have to open anymore. Oh man, you were really this is best day ever. You were really good at getting out and getting gates while I sat there and did nothing. Thanks. I was a pretty good driver though. I had a lot of practice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we got to we got to knock this out because we have to 
go hunt here in a little bit. And so we're just going to, man, we're going to tell the story and I need to give a little, uh, I need to give a little bit of a pre-story to the night that I went in because this year on the, the farm that I hunt, coyotes, no mature bucks on camera, coon hunters, people walking through the timber, all these things were captured on trail camera and on the the part of the farm that I eventually killed this deer was there was no trail cameras because they all got stolen. So I had no idea what was up there. Plus I had standing corn that I hunted two days previous that was loaded where we're going tonight was mm-hmm. loaded with deer. So I thought, I thought that hurt me as well. So I had hunted a couple other parts of the farm and my trail cameras were showing that there was nothing really there that even excited me. Like there was a four year old, but he was just a big bodied, And I think he had like a 120 inch rack on him. Something that really wasn't, you know, I really wasn't looking at. It didn't really interest me at that, at that point, um, this early in the game anyway. So I didn't, I just stayed out of those areas. I didn't even really want to go and hunt and hunt them. And, uh, as that, as this, this, my vacation started to, you know, I started to come to this vacation time. I checked trail cameras one more time and I had, and I was kind of, I was a little relieved because there was some more three-year-olds that showed up. There was one, one or two four-year-olds that showed up and the buck that I ended up killing was on a, on the cornfield that we were, that we're going to hunt tonight, but in the middle of the night. And I've always said that if you get a trail camera pick of a buck in the middle of the night, you shouldn't get excited about it because more than likely he's making that loop during the day. Right. So, so as my rutcation started, started on what was, what was Sunday? I don't know. It would have, it would have been Friday night. So like November 2nd. Yep. So November 2nd comes and, uh, and I hop in the, I hop in the tree and I saw, uh, a really good, uh, three-year-old 10, probably about 140. He was down for me a ways and I grunted at him just to see if he would come closer, basically just play with him. And, and, uh, he didn't, he didn't come in, saw a couple of does, um, then it started raining off and on. I, I think then Saturday night I went in and I went into that cornfield that we were at. There was a whole bunch of deer in it. Saturday or Sunday morning it was raining, so there I stayed out of the timber then. And I'm telling you right now, and I don't know what your experience is with this, if it rains for 12, 13, 14 hours or a big front like that just drenches the area. Mm-hmm you better get in the timber that first afternoon or morning that it stops. Yep. Because two years ago, I shot a deer doing the exact same thing. The first deer and the only deer I shot, or the first deer that I saw, and then I ended up shooting him. So feel free to ask questions whenever you want. (laughs) I'm doing a lot of talking. No, no. um, So... This is a this is an area that you and I have history in, also, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, we've most of the time when we were together, we hunted on the far west side of the farm, and this year we hunted on the or I shot this deer on the far east side of the farm. And what I thought, and like I already said, is the standing corn, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's just 
it's going to hurt. It's going to, it's going to hurt me. And I think, I don't know if it, I think I, I don't know if I got lucky and he came through at the right time or what it was, but I'll get to that story here. So, so it stops raining, right? I'm just going to fast forward to the part where I get into the timber. It's, it stops raining. Um, it's sloppy. So I can't even go to the backside of the farm. I couldn't even get into the, the, the farm. It's just real sloppy. And I, I pull into the, I pull into where I, I, I park, um, walk in, walk through that. There's a, a smaller little cornfield there that's still standing, walk through it, set up my stand in this feature. So imagine a square and this is like, this is the cornfield is a square. The top left fourth, you know, if you took four mm-hmm. squares, put them together, the top left uh, square is not cornfield. It's just like this big brush drainage that dumps down into this valley mm-hmm. and it's real thick and nasty so the deer don't access that corn plus it's steep right, right in there but it flattens out as you get into the timber and there's almost like there used to be an old road or something there years and years and years ago or, or maybe an old cattle pasture like 50 60 years ago because mm-hmm. the terrain it just looks like there might be something there and over the years i've seen deer kind of cross that so i tree stand on my back walk in there and i have a a south it's 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 fluctuating between a straight south and a southwest wind and the steady wind is the southwest but the gusts are south Mm -hmm. right and when the wind kind of picks up it goes straight south and then when it slows down it kind of shifts so i had like 45 degrees that i was not expecting deer to come from and so I set my stand up to where this there's this one little area that kind of this of the drainage where if if it goes too far, then then the the deer probably would have bust you know they they'd bust me coming off of this this terrain mm-hmm. feature that's right there. But I was over just a bit to where that wind was skirting that that feature, and then for some reason whatever the however the wind operates. That drainage was sucking all that air out into the cornfield. So I'd watch that milk. I'd drop that milkweed, and it would coast down right to that trail, and then it'd get sucked. Whoop. Yep, yeah. get sucked right out into the cornfield. And so that's a north wind. Mm-hmm. A north. I guess it'd be a, a northwest wind. So I don't know if that was the. Uh, I, it's not thermals, but just how wind moves with terrain, uh-huh. right? So. So I set up this, I set up in this tree, I'm right next to a scrape, I'm right next to a big old rub, um, nothing looks fresh in there. Is this an area that you, you trimmed out earlier in the year, just no. going in? No, run and gun. And I typically don't hunt this, this part of the farm because once the crops are out, it's really close to the road, and I mean, they can see you walk in. Deer never go to that field unless the crops are standing. Once it's beans, you can see all the way mm-hmm. back there. So when they when the corn's in, they really like this the seclusion, right? But I didn't want to set set up on the field edge because I couldn't I wouldn't be able to see what was coming in and out of the timber. And to be honest with you, if I did set up on the field edge, mm-hmm. there is not a chance in hell I would have even seen this deer. Wow. Yeah. So I was about twenty. You, 
you know how on farm fence rows or field edges, the first maybe 10 yards is just thick. You know, sometimes oh, you yeah. run into like the multiflower rows yep. and, and all that stuff. Scraggly brush. And yeah, just, thorns, yep. real thick trees, uh, um, all that stuff. So, But once you get past that, 10, 15 yards, maybe 20 yards, there's a it start the timber starts to open up mm-hmm. a little bit the forest floors there and whatnot and that's where all this sign is so that's a staging area mm-hmm. right so but there's all that thicket on that fence line on that field edge runs into that terrain feature that i just mentioned mm-hmm. right so what it does is it creates kind of an edge from that terrain feature up into the ridge that i was sitting on in this staging area that i call it because if they'd be walking through some really thick, nasty crap, you know, once it, you know, once they get into, if they were to stay in that thickness the whole time, and it's just easier for them to to walk on that, on that edge, right? So it's just some natural edge. So, I I set up my tree stand and. And it's rain. It starts to like it's been sprinkling a little bit. Oh, a nasty day. Yeah. Just a really bad day, um, a lot of rain, but I, but the radar was showing that the the clouds were clearing, or not the clouds, but the the rain was going to stop, mm-hmm. and there was a chance for some sprinkles to come through. And I text, I text our buddy Ben Harshine. Mm-hmm. I text, uh, hey man, I have a good feeling about tonight at three. I feel like three fourteen. And that was after about 40 minutes in the stand. I, I mean, it's not a long walk from my truck, really. And so I'm sitting there, 45 minutes. I get, you know, takes me. I was probably in the tree at 2.30. I get set up, send him that text. And I'm starting to look around, you know, putting my binos up. There's a couple fresh rubs in there, um, and but not hardly any real fresh sign not a lot of tracks could could have been but the rain rained so hard the past 24 hours you don't really even know right right? so so i set up my i set up my tree stand and i end up uh i'm sitting there text ben i got a good feeling about tonight and the, the skies start getting darker again and i'm like man i thought the radar showed no rain well, it starts to rain again. And I was like, this sucks. I'm, 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 I'm either going to get soaked. I need to, I need to stand up. So less of me gets soaked mm-hmm. or I need to put on a rain jacket. And <laughs> dude, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but if I sit in a tree stand like multiple days in a row, multiple times, my lower back, cause oh, yeah. I, I don't have the best posture, but right. my lower back gets sore. And, and I, my lower back was really sore and standing just wasn't, man, wasn't working out for me. And I, I just, I was being a pussy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say it, but thanks. You said it for me. All right. So, um, so where was that? Okay. So the, you're uh, about you being a pussy, yeah. you're sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That part. Yep. Okay. So, uh, so I'm like, oh man. Well, it's about it's about 
just about four o'clock, mm-hmm. right? And sun's going or starting to get dark at five thirty now with the time change. So I I stand up and I pull out my rain jacket and and it's wet, so there's no squirrels, there's no squirrels at all. And I pull out my rain jacket. I put one arm in my rain jacket and I heard a twig snap behind me. And I'm like, okay, what was that? Turn around and that deer is standing looking at me at 20 yards. He's looking right at my tree. He's, I can't see anything except his head and antlers. And I went, oh shit. What am I going to do now? Now this is where I'm going to stop the story. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm in like in the movies, right. They go, they go back. Right. Right. So one of my, one of my best days ever shed hunting was, oh man, last March. And I found this big four point side of a buck that I had on trail camera all, all the previous year, big eight. He was a four year old, um, a deer that I probably would have, would have shot last year. Mm -hmm. And he looked good. He had a, he was, he was basically an eight with a little crab claw out front, really good mass. Just, I think, I don't even know what I measured, 60, 6, 54 or 64 inch side. I, mean, I think it was like a 64 inch. It was point. large. Yeah. 64 inch side and uh, just a really good eight point side. I got the choke. I was, I was jacked to find it. And uh, I was like, you know what? This deer, I, I, I can't wait to see what he grows into next year. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to fast forward all the way to September, still thinking about this buck and not knowing if he was in the area because I didn't get any trail camera pictures of him the entire summer until um, uh, where, where he was at last year. No trail camera pictures at all until I go and check uh, this one trail camera, uh, I want to say the f- after we got back from our elk hunt. Mm-hmm. So it would have been second or third week of September, right before the season started. I I took it off this mineral site, and I was going to move it away, and there he was. I got a trail cam picture of him on September 11th or 14th. I can't remember exactly, but he was done growing. He was still in velvet, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, he's a big deer. Oh, yeah. That crab claw turned into a completely new point. Yep. Uh, still with that crab that crab claw feature big five point side with his with a shorter g2 and then that that same big four point side on the right with just a longer main beam yep right just everything about him bigger and more mass yep right so so i'm like you know what that's a deer that's going to go on the hit list this year because i i gotta i want to try to figure out where he's going October comes, my trail cameras get stolen. <laughs> so I lose all that information for that part of the farm. I had three, let's see, I had three trail cameras get stolen. And it, so that's, that's seven trail cameras in three years, by the way. God. That makes man. a guy mad. Dude, that guy has it coming to him. He just, he did, does not know it yet. Or she, I guess yeah. it could be she. Yeah. But that's, uh, what's it called? Fate? Yeah. Or destiny. Destiny. Or yeah. Like karma. Oh, sorry, officer. I didn't see him. 
<laughs> he got ran over. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. So anyway, um, so honestly, walking in when I was when I sent Ben that text that said, "I got a good feeling about tonight." Uh, I I was thinking about that buck. I was thinking, you know, I found his shed, however many uh, yards away. Uh, from here in this cornfield, in this, in this buffer strip, the last trail camera I pic- got pictures of him was the complete opposite side, like the complete opposite direction, but the same distance away. And I was just, man, I would love to see this buck pop out of this draw today. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes later, I'm turning around with one arm in my rain jacket, <laughs> looking at him and going, that's him. Didn't you know? Like you know when you recognize a deer, oh, and yeah, you're just instantly. like, boom, that's him. Yep. It was that big, uh, his his big four point side and that bigger five point side looking right at me. That it, just like that big pincher, that big uh, crab claw that I found or that I saw, and I knew instantly that it was him. Five year old buck. Now what? Right. So. He starts walking right towards me, and I have my, I have <laughs> one arm in my sleeve, and he's walking right towards me, and I don't know what way I need to turn. I still have to pick my bow up, and my bow, I'm, I'm facing the tree. He's behind me, walking right towards me. My bow is on my right-hand side. I have to pick up my bow with my left hand. So if he comes, if he comes left... If, or he, if he comes to my left, I need to pick the bow up, bring it between me under my safety harness, back around the tree, and try to draw on him in in that thickness that I described between the tree I was in and the field edge. Right. That right. It was. I was about twenty yards off the. But he decided to go right, which was good for me because all I had to do was just a half circle in my tree and to grab the bow, but he's walking really close. The closest he got to me was four yards, four yards, four yards, man. That's close. Yeah. And then I can see that. And I'll, I'll make sure I, I share more pictures um, of this on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, but that big five point side, all that mass, just, yeah, the heft it's, of the it's right there in front of me. And I'm, and I'm calm. I'm, I'm calm. I'm like, okay, dude you got to get your bow in your hand and you got to go so as soon as he got like just a little bit past me is when i made my move i I did one step back and in the same motion i clipped in picked my bow up drew and no shot because he is right right there's a big branch that goes right there so i had to squat down i'm squatting i'm drawn back i can't I can't see my through my peep sight, my sight. So I had to like put my head up. I had to put my kisser button back in and get realigned. I'm still still squatting down. Finally, I got him. But at this point, he's hard quartering away. Mm-hmm. And when I mean hard quartering away, he's past 45, if that makes sense. Right. right? So he's like, I don't like he's 45. What, what would that be like? Eight, like 75, 70 degrees. But. I had to make a split decision, and that was take the shot 
at 15 yards. I was, I would say 12 to 15 yards is where, where I shot him. Mm-hmm. If I miss back, I'm going to, I'm going to hit guts, maybe opposite side lung buried in the shoulder. If I miss forward, that's a little bit more dangerous than yeah. what actually happened. Could be a glancing shot. Yeah. I could have went, you know, I could have hit shoulder, bounced off, like you said. I could have hit shoulder, went through, came out the front, but not hit any lung. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's a that's the no man zone. If I missed high, um, if I missed a little high, I probably still would have got opposite side lung. If I missed high and forward, um, I probably would have got spine or mm-hmm. neck. Um, but I felt real steady. I felt real good about the shot, so I squeezed it off. I heard that right and he mule kicked he did it wasn't a big mule kick but he mm-hmm. did kind of like like just like a horse bucking right, right? just up boom and then he did a hard right turn and he ran right back into the down the draw not from where he was but on the same draw but on the opposite side all the way down and i only from from the time i saw him to the time that i pulled the trigger on him was somewhere between 20 to 30 seconds Wow. So that it happened just that like fast, that. just like that. So, and you, in what, just to, to back up, you had said that, uh, the wind from the, where he came from that direction, it was pretty much in his face. Dude, I don't like, you don't think there's any other way that it could have not been. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because. I don't want to sound like a, you know, oh, he's only saying this because he's getting paid to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I don't want to give my whole, uh, my whole opinion on it in this podcast. Cause I don't want it to take away. I don't want someone to lose the story. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and say, well, what a sellout. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to spoil it. But what I will say is that the direction that he came, there is absolutely he hit my scent stream 100%. Either he was so horned up that he just didn't care mm-hmm. or the Ozonics worked. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Anyways, I just, I yeah. wanted to know about wind direction. Yeah. Yep. So kind of bring that up. Yep. That wind was shifting back and forth. I said, you know, from the South all the way to the South, from the South to the Southwest. And eventually that night it was supposed to shift all the way to the, to the west right mm-hmm. so there was that huge 45 degree angle that shift so anyway i hit him he runs off right and i'm just holy shit i just i just arrowed a hit lister right five-year-old buck i didn't know what he was really because i never got any head-on shots of him i couldn't tell how wide he was but i'd say low one low 150s was my mm-hmm. guess just a really the mass on him is what I loved. Oh right? yeah, it's it's noticeable. Yep. Right, and that's that's when heavy. You can, yeah, that's the, I love that. So anyway, um, that's when I start texting and calling people. You know, it's like I think my, my wife when I when I called her second, and I said I called Ryan first. Why'd you call Ryan first? <laughs> You're supposed to call me first. And I'm just like, sweetie, I needed to talk with him about the anatomy of a deer, something you're not very familiar with. Okay, I guess that's okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I call Ryan, and 
I don't even really remember. What, oh, you you were freaking out. What was the what was the conversation like? Oh, <laughs> you were you were excited to say the least. Mm-hmm. You know, you call me, dude. I could tell. Like, actually, whenever your when your name came up on my my phone, I, I immediately I knew something had happened. Yeah, you know, because you just don't call me at that time when you're out in the woods. Right, you're, you're not you're not doing that. Yeah. So, um, I was like. Oh yes, something <laughs> something's going on, you know. Yeah, and you call me, and um, and you're like, dude, I just I just hit one of the the bucks that are, is on my list. I've got this is the one that you know I found the shed to last year, and like, and then you were just like rambling on, you know, like a little, and I could hear it in your voice. I mean, you were so excited, you know, and um, yeah. So then you know we start kind of busting out the the situation and, and the, the possibilities and, um, and, you know, and you'd said, you know, you just needed somebody to talk to, to kind of help calm you down. Uh, yeah. and, and just kind of, cause we talked about shot placement too, right? Right. So I said, har- I said hard quartering away shot to you. And then we kind of ran through the scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's do that right now. Cause I asked you, dude, what if I hit him, you know, behind the rib or whatever, what 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 was your response to that? Well, you know, whenever you talk about hitting him behind the rib, I mean, at, at that angle, you're getting into the boiler room. Right. You're getting lung or you're getting heart, um, you know, and depending upon how, how high and and really how high, you know, you may get some portion of the liver. It just right. really depends. And the angle plays a lot into that too. But, um, you know, when you start getting more towards the rear of the animal. Yeah that that angle and the length of your arrow is going to make a difference as to, to what kind of vitals you're getting into it. Right. You know, I mean, deer are a, they're a pretty long animal compared, uh, relatively speaking, to the length of the arrow. Yeah. If you start at the, the very rear of them. Right. Um, but, yeah, we were kind of talking about, you know, yeah, if you hit it, if you hit it in the thigh, you know, what's there. Right. Um, you know, obviously a very large bone. Yep. Um, but there's also some really large vessels there. Yeah. You know, you got the femoral artery and the, the femoral vein. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> whenever you had said, you know, he did a big mule kick in, in my experience and what I've seen, that usually means to me, they kind of got hit more towards the rear or it would took them by a huge surprise. Right. You know, they didn't hear the bow. They right. did, They didn't jump the string or anything. Right. So after, after the phone call, I call my wife, throw some more text out. Uh, and, and you know how it's like, you don't like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm really horrible at sending out text messages to people with just like description. Like I think <laughs> the, the, uh, text message I sent to Mark Kenyon was all caps, five exclamation points. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, that's it. That's it. And, and, and then his response is like, it, it, from that point, it takes way more text messaging than to uh, like, if you just originally said, just hit a stud buck, talk to you later. Right. You know, it was, holy shit. Like that right. could have, that could mean a thousand different That's right. things. Yeah. <laughs> it's very descriptive. Right. So, so I'm like, okay, dude, you've lost a deer before because you went too far. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you don't know what's happened chill out 
much. Right. I have a you know good conversation with my wife. I text some people. Um, I look up deer anatomy on my phone. Uh, hard you know hard quartering away shots and whatnot. I got my binos out. I'm looking for arrow. I'm looking for blood. I'm looking for whatever I could, and I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. So I wait 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. You know, after that happens, that the time is just doesn't. You, know, you don't lose concept, right? Of it. But I did text Ben back after it was a one hour, almost to exactly to the minute that I texted him. I have a good feeling about tonight. To I think I just shot a. You know, I just. I just released an arrow. Get down, you know. I, I first I tear everything down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, drop my bow down, what all that stuff, and put everything away. Set it at the base of the tree. Walk, o- and then I walk over to impact. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we had discussed doing, right? Yep, yep. We talked about um, and and you're, you know, like a good hunting buddy does. You know, it's like, dude, if you don't have blood, don't go any further. And I, I walk over to impact and there's white hair mm-hmm. and I just, that's right there when a little bit of the doubt starts creeping in because I couldn't see white hair when I let the arrow go. There's no, right. like for me, there's no white hair, not even, not even his back. It would have been his far rear leg, right? It was forward. So when he, cause he stopped. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to stop him. He was stopped. And I'm like white hair, belly, whatever mm-hmm. legs. I, and I even thought neck if he had, a, right. if he had a big patch on his neck. Right. And, but there, but I looked around, I took, and then I went 10 yards further. And that was it. I said, if I can't find blood in 10 yards, I'm backing out for the mm-hmm. rest of the night. And that's what I did. I walked this kind of this half moon shape looping back to the side of impact, no blood. And then no arrow either. And no, and no arrow. And I said to myself, dude, when in doubt, back out, mm-hmm. when in doubt, back out, when in doubt, back out. And I did. And I went back to the house. Right. And it was one of those feelings where at this, at this point in the game, the next X amount of hours because you're not going back in there till the next morning. Right. I made that decision. I said, I'm not going back out, you know, um, too many people lose too many deer because they, they push, they push and they pressure. And I said, I don't want that to be me. Uh, I started thinking about dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Oh man. Let me, I started researching dogs throughout the rest of the evening and that night. Um, I li- I do I didn't have to but I did I had like two glasses of whiskey <laughs> to calm just like to calm down right right to start thinking straight and I ended up um, I ended up looking and finding out that it is illegal in Iowa to use a tracking dog after you shoot a deer even after you may think it's dead it's Correct. still illegal just yep. period cannot use a dog any with deer any form of dog any form of deer. In Iowa, nothing. What if you're holding it? Holding the, holding like <laughs> the oh, dog. The, the dog's on a leash. <laughs> yep, still illegal. In in certain states, uh, in certain states, you can let the dog go. The dog will run down the deer corner, and you can you can shoot it again. That's legal, but you can't use dogs to hunt it. Alabama. Well, Al- and I think in Alabama you can uh, you can shoot you can use dogs to hunt. A lot of uh-huh. a lot of the guys do. Um, but so that's not an option. Right. Um, I mean, I even had guys tell me, dude, I'll come do it. 
and, and by the way, if you ever tracking dogs are expensive. Like, really? Uh, one guy two hours north of St. Like an hour north of St. Louis. Um, he had a really good recovery rate, but I mean, he's like, dude, <laughs> uh, it's going to cost a thousand dollars. What? And, but then, but then he was like, and I can't do it anyway because you're in Iowa. So, uh, and then I like no one around local knows anybody cause it's illegal. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, so everybody I contacted all the guy, like one guy in Illinois, one guy in Iowa or in Missouri, uh, they're just like, it, number one, it would cost you too much. And number two, it's illegal. So they're like, sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. Right. So, so there's that. Um, so then the next, like, and then you don't, I just sit there at night and I staring at the ceiling fan and every possible scenario runs through your head. Right. right. And it's just, okay. If I shot him here, where'd the arrow go? If I shot him here, where'd the arrow go? But then I started thinking worst case scenario, like, dude, you just hit him in his ass and the arrows under the leaves and he's going to live or so to keep this story rolling, I fast forward to fast forward to, uh, what was it? Monday morning, mm-hmm. my birthday of all days, my birthday, like November 5th has been a shitty day for me. Pretty bad. You know, you arrow a 210 incher and then you can't find him. Uh, at least he lived. Right. Right. And so I get back to the stand location. I go to the impact and then start to start really, you know, take a step. Look, take a step, look, take a step, look, take a step, look. This went on for about 10 minutes. 15 yards away from impact, drop of blood, drop of blood, drop of blood, pile of blood, pile of blood. What color was it? It was red, like Mm -hmm. bright red, not dark really, like, like a liver hit, but bright, but bright red. Didn't look like a lot of bubbles in it either from what I saw on IG. No, no, like no bubbles. Uh, It didn't look like a, a lung, a lung hit at all. So, you know, I, I, I made a, I, and it was one of those blood trails where you're, you're walking through, you're walking through the timber and you don't even have to bend over. You're like blood, 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 get to the end of the ridge, go down, blood, 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 mm-hmm. blood. Oh, he crossed the creek, blood. And I'm, I'm just running through this. Right? right, this blood trail, blood, which blood. was not completely straight. Correct? You told me it was kind of like he, you, you, well, yeah, it, it kind of meandered. Yeah, and we're getting to that right now. I mean, blood, 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 cross, cross a creek. Blood, blood, blood drops down a little bit into another little, and I say creek, but it's just an it's a, it's a it's a dry creek bed. Mm-hmm. Even if it's raining a little bit, it's just when it rains real heavy. It's a place for the water to go, and then it just kind of goes away, mm-hmm. right? It's a dry creek bed. Now, there was some water standing in it, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm following this. He goes through that second little drainage, comes up on top, and there's a big pile of blood, like he stood there for a while, right? And I'm just following him straight down this, this gorge or this valley, right? Mm-hmm. And I... I lose blood for a second. I'm like, man, where's he, what's he doing? What's, what's going on here? Turns around and he goes after making a couple of these big circles, I find more blood and he J hooks and goes basically a almost back, but straight like up a ridge. Right. So I follow him up 
and now we're in the draw part of two ridges, right? This draw runs up and it runs up to a road. And I'm like, instantly start thinking, holy shit, he's going to try to cross the road and get into some. And if he crosses the road, game's over. It's too thick mm-hmm. in there. So he goes up and then halfway up this, up this ridge, I, I find a bed that he's laid down in. And at this point, it's hard to tell if the blood is fresh from the morning mm-hmm. or if, you know, if that was his first bed or if he just. Because it rained, right? Because it, it didn't rain from when I shot him to the, ne- to the, fir- the next morning. It did rain that okay. later that day. That day, okay, yeah, that's right. So, and was there? You, you said it's just blood. You're not finding any. There's no, you know, gut fat. There's no, not yet. no crap. No, nope, not yet, not yet. So, on that first bed, it's just like he laid down, but it it almost looked like he didn't lay down the entire way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. But he sta- it looks like he stood back up and started walking again. Blood, 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 blood. All the way up this ridge. Good blood, good blood. And then there's two beds right next to each other. Like he laid down, he stood up, and then laid down again. And I'm like, that is... And the second one looked like he was there for a little while longer, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, this has got to be a good sign. I haven't found my arrow yet. There's good blood. He- he's... You know, like what's going on here? I, and the only thing that I can uh, compare it to is the blood trail that me and you went on of the deer that I, and again I hate to say it, I shot in the in the nostril mm-hmm. and it went down his throat. Yep. Um, that that deer bled the same amount, but that deer was dead in what eighty yards. Yeah. He was dead in eighty yards. Yep. And this deer, same amount of blood, but still alive. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and how many yards do you think uh, he's traveled, or in miles from where that point of right. impact was? I would say from the point of impact to the third bed was the four hundred yard mark. Okay, maybe maybe a little bit further, five hundred. So that bed, right? And so I get up to the road, and by now it's ten thirty. I've called a buddy and he's joining me, mm-hmm. my buddy Brent. And uh, we get to this blood. And as as he, as he I'm telling him directions how to get to the farm, um, he's like, okay, I'll be there. Just wait by the road. I said, okay, cool. Hang up. He he's. I found another piece of blood. I found another piece of blood. And he's heading on now a two track that's leading to the road. And I'm like, if he crosses, I'm screwed. So I'm, I'm searching this little area and I lose blood. Right. And I'm like, I'm, I, I cross the road. I go down into, into the ditch. I come back up. Um, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing all this, like this gritting mm-hmm. in this area. I'm, I'm not gritting, but I'm, I'm doing what you do. If you lose last blood, you know, right. you, you basically walk these circles mm-hmm. and this deer jumps in. So I follow, I find the next blood it's in a field. It's a small field. He's crossed the fence. He's now he's going back down to where he he's came, mm-hmm. where he came from. He comes in. Um, my buddy gets here. I we park him. Follow. I I bring him back to where he find last blood. Now the blood's starting to slow down. 
a little bit. Not stop, like not gushing, but it's drip, drip, drip. So now we're still being able to follow good blood. There's less of it, but it's just like, okay, there's blood. Okay, all right, all right there's blood. So the consistency is, is spreading, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the from 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 blood to the next blood, the distance is getting greater. And so now we're following him back down the opposite side of the ridge, closer to where I shot him. Mm-hmm. Comes down. And by the way, I'm everything that I've said about the blood trail has been like this is four hours of me following this blood trail, right? And I'm taking my time and I'm going slow and I'm looking up in front of me, making sure I don't bump him, right? Mm -hmm. But I think eventually I'll get to this, but I think he was watching me that entire day. That deer was watching us track him the entire day. So my buddy gets there. We find another bed. We go down. Now he's heading right back to the original blood trail right so the two blood trails cross and he stays on the same blood trail for 60 yards i would say till he till we get to one of those cricks i talked about Mm -hmm. and instead of going the original path he drops down into this crick and walks in it for about 40 yards and we didn't know that he did that until i hop across the crick on this other side after looking for this blood for god 10 minutes mm-hmm. looking for it seems like an eternity and we f- see a drop of blood as he comes up out of the creek onto oh, this gosh. fine blood and there's only one way to go from here and that's straight up and you've been in those oh yeah in those he goes up a incline what were i would say i would compare it to not obviously not compare it to colorado but the steepness of the hill uh-huh that that big and I mean, I, I, I'm like, this is when a lot of doubt starts creeping in because mm-hmm. you go, the only reason I was still, still so adamant about all this at this point was that he was bleeding. He was still had consistent blood. Mm-hmm. And the motto is, dude, if you, if you got blood, you track him. Right. Period. Right. Yep. He goes way up this steep hill. And which, which you're thinking an animal that is mortally wounded is not going to make right. that climb. Right. I mean, like if you, if you guys could see what this terrain was, you'd think there's no way in hell. If I was wounded, I wouldn't go do that. Right. So when he turns around and he goes up this steep incline, this tells me a couple things. I doubt I got lung. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't get heart. Mm-hmm. If I got liver, I mean, it's not very, you know, it's not very, Right. You, you didn't know, get a you didn't, I didn't get a major lobe him. or anything. Yeah, I didn't slam yeah. him. If anything, I nicked it. But I've also found some fat at the top of this hill. Right? Mm-hmm. So I got a big chunk of fat. What color was this fat? Was it bright yellow? Is it white? White. White. It was mm-hmm. white. And it's the the fat that kind of surrounds those intestines yeah, and, the mesentery, and yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm following this blood and I, I come across this fat just like I don't know, just like Braveheart type shit mm-hmm. where, you know, it feels like <laughs> someone just pulled it out of his gut, you know, just gross. And you're like, oh my God, now I know he's gut shot. Yeah. I've hit his gut, right? Because that kind of fat's not in the hindquarters. 
No, right? and it's not going to be stringy and long like that. Yeah, There's not no stringy, way. not long. No. Still good blood. And as he's going up this hill, he's bleeding really good. But when he gets to the top, the blood kind of shuts off for a little bit. And we go back into we go back into circle mode, mm-hmm. right? All right, you stay at last blood. You mm-hmm. you kind of go back and forth this way. I'm going to go this way. Now it's 15 minutes looking for blood. And, that, and that's an important um, fact to kind of point out here. Whenever Dan will tell you finally where the shot placement was as for the way this deer went up the hill and why that was happening. Yeah, more than, more than likely. Yeah, and so we find. We find this, and we find next blood, right? And he's going up the ridge to a well-known bedding area, well-known sign. And I'm like, I'm going to find him dead up there. Yes. <laughs> and by now, we're starting to figure out this deer's tr- this track on this deer. Like, big hoof prints. Um, he's kicking up the leaves as he's walking, either from a limp dragon. or dragging a foot or something. I don't know, but I can, I'm starting to know where he's walking. Right. Mm -hmm. But he, but we're on this trail. I find blood and the, there's a, there's a really nice trail leading all the way up to this bedding, but then there's disturbed leaves on the opposite side of this ridge that he just went up. That is going straight down, straight down. And I, so first thing I do is like, Nah, there's no way. Why would he put all this energy into going uphill mm-hmm. and then turning around and coming back downhill? It doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I'm not a whitetail mm-hmm. with thousands of years of evolution behind me or whatever. So I go up, grid all, you know, no, we're finding no blood, grid all this. And I said, hey, man, let's go back to that last blood like we always have been. Mm-hmm. Stay focused. Do what we always do. I want you to drop down off the backside of this, uh, off the 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 backside of this uh, this ridge. I'm gonna follow these disturbed leaves all the way down to the drainage on the opposite side, and I'm gonna walk the drainage out. Uh, I get and you go to meet me at the point where this where the rid the end of the ridge meets this, and I'll just meet you on the on the drainage out. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping down. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going real slow, looking for blood, looking for blood, looking for blood. And I hear my buddy say, blood, about, I don't know, he's probably about 80 yards, maybe maybe even 100 yards away from me at this point. Uh, I'm way up in this drainage, and he's down. And uh, I'm like, oh, yes. So I walk back up, and there's blood. As he's, so, and then I'm seeing tracks in this drainage. Mm-hmm. He dropped down into the drainage, walked in the creek. So it's almost like this buck knew that if he wanted to survive, he had to do a, some sporadic pattern. Mm-hmm. He had to try to cross back over his path, but he did not want to leave this area. He could have easily crossed the road. Sure. He could have easily went into the cornfield. He could have easily, when he was up on top of the ridge, crossed kept going and, and died in, in a thicket across another road, mm-hmm. but he wanted to stay in this area because I guess he felt comfortable. Yeah, or he was delirious Yeah, from from losing blood and now possibly becoming septic. Mm-hmm. What is septic? Sepsis is uh, basically whenever um, you have a, a, a pathogen in your blood, your bloodstream. So like a bacteria, bacteria, or, yeah, exactly. It, so what's that do? 
Um, well, eventually it leads to multi-organ um, dysfunction and, okay. and shut down. Yeah. You know, your kidneys start failing um, and uh, your your blood doesn't start clotting as well. Um, and you, you start burning up all your clotting factor. And then basically you you can end up bleeding out, especially in a situation like that where you have both a, your – so likely some hemorrhagic shock mm-hmm. from losing blood. Yep. So low blood volume. And then also from the sepsis from a possible gut yeah. wound. Right. Yeah. That's the real simple way to, yeah. to put it. It's a lot more – it's a lot more involved in that because once you become septic, your blood vessels start to, um, they don't, they don't hold blood as well. They almost leak in a way. Wow. And, um, like, you know, in, during surgery or in the ICU, you know, we use vasopressors to help put the squeeze back into the vessels, Mm -hmm. but you didn't have that option right right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my buddy finds, uh, last blood and, and we're following it uh, along this crick system again, uh, this 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 dried crick bed again. He pops back up, blood, 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 and he pops back down into a crick, and then it starts to rain. <laughs> so, blood trail, no more. Yeah, we we walk a little bit in the rain, um, and it, and and then I'm just like, dude, let's go grab a bite to eat. Let's see if this this passes so we go grab a bite to eat we come back that whole that whole and it's raining and it's not raining it's pouring the entire time and i go back down i tell my buddy dude there's no blood here to follow anymore and i just i started getting depressed and i was you know you're tired you just been walking up and down hills for six hours and now it's raining Mm -hmm. Drop my buddy back off at his truck. Uh, big shout out to my buddy Brent for helping me out. What you know, for what he's d- what he's done, and I, shit, I didn't even really know what to do. I'm like, I know this deer from the amount of blood that he was leaking that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. I just knew it. But finding him, right? Where or when? Right, right. Although the the win part, I mean, from that point on. You know, within 24 hours, depending upon how how badly the guts and everything are messed up, mm-hmm. they're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. I, like, but I didn't know, right? Because how many hours are you right now at this point in time, post shot? Post shot. Uh-huh. Okay, so from when I shot him to when my my buddy left and I came back into the timber was a full 24 hours. From the, no, well, I'd say 20, 22 hours. Okay. Okay. Mm. Then it starts to rain, right? You know, rains, we go eat, come back, still raining. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not done. I I know he's dead somewhere. I just got to go find him. Throw on the rain jacket. And now I'm gridding. And I I gridded 60 acres. Oh, shit. (laughs) fast like i'm shed hunting right walking through multiflower rows walking through all these you know and i was just trying to do it somewhat fast Mm -hmm. were you bino spotting in yours it's just all open eye uh it was kind of open eye because the places that i was 
I, mean, I had my binos with me and I would I would go down into the valley like the valley of this place but I was up on the ridges now gridding mm-hmm. you know I'm thinking okay maybe he came up came up and and I do this on the entire south face all the way up to this point where I told myself if he's made it this far he's not gonna mm-hmm. he's not gonna like he's not he's not gonna die so at any point in time did you ever have the same feeling you kind of had whenever you shot shipwreck yeah man like i mean was that like deja vu in a way kind of right and as the day went on and the especially the last two or three hours where i'm gritting in the rain you just get this feeling that you're like you wounded a giant whitetail a, a mature hitless buck you need to like you're a pile of shit (laughs) like that's what i was thinking i was like when you find him if the coyotes aren't eating him alive right now i felt just horrible Mm -hmm. like yeah i had deja vu to shipwreck i had deja vu in 2000 and see i shot shipwreck in 2010 i had ship uh then another buck that Mm -hmm. um i hit far back and tupac or was that mm, which one was that i forget i don't i don't remember his name might have been tupac yeah tupac i think it was and i hit him but you know the good thing about those deer is both the, both of those deer survived. Both of those deer um, with shipwreck, I found half my arrow. The other half was still in him, mm-hmm. and then he stopped bleeding relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Tupac couldn't find my arrow. Blood was there was hardly any blood yeah. to follow. I gritted the whole farm looking for him. Nothing. Uh, and with this one, there was blood, though. And that is what kept me wanting to go and go and go. But I've said to myself, man, if he if he's if he goes to the through this big pinch point, you've hunted there before. If he made it this far, he's going to survive. Right. Not knowing where impact was on him because of the tree, all the all because of the tree, that mm-hmm. one tree. And then it gets dark. Right. And, dude, I'm thinking at this point, dude, all right, dude, I'm getting a dog. I'll break the law, you know? Mm -hmm. The the whole, and the reason I think this is a dumb law is because my goal as a hunter is to recover an animal by Mm -hmm. any means necessary, right? And ethically, that's where, like, law and ethics come into play. Legally, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to get a dog. Ethically, I want to get a dog to recover this animal. Right. So I I went with the the legal uh, what way right I I I made some phone calls to some guys. Mm-hmm. Some guys said that they would do it, but I I was just like, oh man. Right. You would really want to do this. You know, this is a this is a slippery slope. Right. If I I tell you, I'll be completely honest with you. If I didn't have a podcast or sponsors or sure. whatever, I would Easy have done it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right that law is dumb i'll break it but because of this i don't want it to come back to me and be like oh dan well you broke a law sorry we can't we can't partner with you anymore right, right? that would suck mm-hmm. and that'd be stupid on their part because it's a dumb law <laughs> yeah, right exactly <laughs> but anyway um so i go home and i'm just i'm out of it like i'm just i'm exhausted from hiking and walking all day long 10 hours mm-hmm. i put into this 10 hours in one day looking for this deer and i said to myself 
I, there's there's three ridges that I did not grid search on this farm on this part of the farm. I'm gonna I'm not gonna hunt tomorrow morning. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna I'm gonna give one last hurrah. And if mm-hmm. I don't find him in gridding these these three three and a half ridges, then I'm I'm done. Right. I'm, you've I'm, I'm you've done your due diligence. Right. And especially with no blood. So we're at home, and my stepbrother was going to help me, but he ended up getting sick. Um, and then my my stepdad's buddy sent him a text who he follows the podcast or me on social media or something. He's like, hey, if Dan needs a hand, I'll I'll help him out. I'm like, dude, I'll take whoever I can get. If you want to walk with me, we'll walk. And fast forward, this guy shows up in the morning about 730. We get to the property at 8. I said, we're going to start right here. Let's grid this ridge. We walk over, grid the grid the ridge. Mm-hmm. And I go down into this big thicket and all this nasty shit. And he's walking the tops looking for beds and, and some also some thick stuff. I kind of hop over top of the ridge. Now I'm coming back up his direction. I meet him and I like any sign. He's like, no. I said, let's do this. Let's go back to where... I lost blood, and that way you can get an idea of how this terrain flows. This guy, he's been a, he's a, a big time deer hunter. He's been on, you know, probably hundreds of track jobs in his life, between his and his buddy's deer, mm-hmm. and just a guy who knows. He's got the numbers to back it up, right? He he knows the timber, right? right. I mean, he's older. He's got more experience than everybody, and whatever. And I said, yeah, okay, let's go down here. And he's like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. His name's Judd. He's my so if Judd, if you're listening to this, huge thank you. And uh, <laughs> uh, we're walking down this ridge, walking the last blood, and I'm I look back up at him and I'm just like, yeah, it's right down. Holy shit! There he is. I'm not joking, Ryan. He is. At the exact same spot where I was standing, wondering why why we couldn't find bl- any more blood through this rain. No way. He wasn't dead on the fifth. He, yeah, he, yeah, well. he came back into this area and died right where I was standing. That's amazing. Right where I was standing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Excuse me. And... It blew me away. I couldn't, I could not, I could not think at that moment. How did it, it, it looked from where I was standing that someone picked him up <laughs> and set him there. You know, as we get down there, that's not the case of what right. happened. But this, I bet you this deer was one ridge ahead of us every single time. Turn around, yeah. looking back at us, watching us make these big loops and when he came and when we were coming his direction he would go further up the ridge drop down wait for us to get to the top and just do these circles with us so when it rained i didn't know where he was going but i have a feeling he went back into where we already were at Uh to try to find a bed like to bed down and then something happened or whatever maybe he didn't make it or or you know, after dark, or maybe I spooked him back up. Hard telling because there's not really any blood trail. 
but we get I get down there and there's blood everywhere. Really? Like, I don't want to say, I mean, it's, it's almost like something happened, like something tore just a little bit more right? or he tried to jump a crick or come up out of a crick and it, that was it. You know yeah. what I mean? there was two big bloodied beds looked like he stood up and then walked and then he just was like and when when the first thing that happened the first thing that happened that runs through my head at this point is thank you right to the dear gods to god to whoever right Mm -hmm. thank you for allowing me to find this deer i'm happy I recovered him. I got, you know, like I got emotional. I just, one of those things where you, you go through the roller coaster, you shoot him. You're like, I just shot an awesome buck. This is awesome. Oh God, I'm happy yeah. to, okay. There's no blood at impact. Right. Okay. 10 hours of tracking. Oh Jesus. I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this animal is suffering. And, yeah. and I want to, I want to tell you this right now that, as happy as I am that I found this deer, I am equally disappointed that this not only did this deer suffer for mm-hmm. 24 plus hours, 30 hours, mm-hmm. the fact that I'm not going to probably be able to get the meat out of it. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Right. I mean, I don't I don't hunt to to just put deer on the wall. Right. You know what I mean? It's going to, it's awesome. It's a great deer. I'm happy. The strategy yeah. worked out, but it's more than that. Right. You'd like to be able to feed your family, friends, whoever. Yeah. And the dirt, the deer deserves that. Uh huh. The deer deserves to have me use as much of it as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But because I put a bad shot on it and I didn't recover it fast enough and it suffered, its meat was tainted. I'm not going to be able to use it and it sucks. And I feel as happy as I am that I harvested this deer. I'm equally parts half unhappy and disappointed, not only in myself, I, like no, basically just myself, you know, I right. was the person who did that and I feel like shit about it, but, but I, but I, I recovered him. Right. Right. And I guess that, you know, that's obviously important too. And you go th- you, now. You go through this this thought process, right? Of would I have if I could do it over again? Would I have taken the shot? Mm-hmm. You you probably would have taken the shot, but maybe not in that spot. Right, right. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, what what would I do next time? Would I let him go, try to grunt him back in? Because he, he was kind of on a move, man. Maybe he would mm-hmm. have been susceptible to a call at that point. Maybe whether I did a, you know, a quick grunt and he would have came back in or, or whatever. But once an arrow is released, you don't ever get it back. No. And as much as I would have loved a, a broadside, double lung, pass through, heart shot, drop dead in five steps type mm-hmm. of shot – that didn't happen. And if I wanted to harvest this animal, I had to do it. I had to do it fast and I had to do it now. I, I, it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to even think like, I don't know. Would you have changed your equipment any? 
as far as what you were shooting? Tell tell everybody what you were shooting that's not familiar with your setup. Right. So I'm I'm arrow weight and fixed blade broadhead had a lot to do with this. I'll I'll just say it right now. I hit him in his hind quarter. The arrow went through his hind quarter into his guts and actually exited the the front the broadhead exited out of his brisket right in front of his front opposite side leg heavy arrow plus fixed blade broadhead got me that penetration mm-hmm. that killed the deer yep, bar none i am if i because of that i will probably never ever shoot a mechanical broadhead again mm-hmm. period yep there's no way a mechanical broadhead would have killed that deer and got that penetration yeah i i, I it it buried that arrow yeah. right and it was in his the the back half of that arrow was in his abdomen when i rolled him over i couldn't find the the, the broadhead i thought it was in his chest cavity or something like that when i rolled him over it wasn't but i hit bladder i hit guts i hit stomach and i think what other than the mass trauma i had one one blade basically unzip him from his i guess if a deer had a belly button mm-hmm. about six inches up one blade got that and then probably when he ducked that's when the arrow kind of skirted back in and then back out his brisket mm-hmm. but um the damage that was done in there he was dead he was going to die. Right. It was, I mean, th- I didn't hit lung at all. I didn't hit heart at all. The diaphragm was unruptured. However, I got one, maybe two blades. I, I shoot a, a four blade, um, a, a boss four blade from Wasp that is a smaller diameter broadhead, but it's got a lot of cutting surface because of the four blades. Mm-hmm. Two of those blades, I think, hit liver. And that's where the, I think, maybe that's where the blood was coming from mm-hmm. but but there's no way i don't i don't think a mechanical broadhead would have did the trick on that yeah no so everybody says a big a big broadhead or big mechanicals good for a marginal shot i almost disagree yeah it, and it, uh, a lot of it has to it depends on where you shoot them right well sure it, i was in an area even hard quartering away to where if I was missing any direction, I was going to hit something. Yeah. Right. And good. You know, like yep. even if, even if I hit guts and stomach and all that crap, I was still going to, you know, find him at right. some point. And would I take that shot again? I don't know. There's a point, And I think there's a lot, there's, this is one, <laughs> I want to be better at killing deer too. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of this process. Well, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you kill a deer and you can't kill a deer if you don't let an arrow go. Right. And I paid the ultimate price The or no, the deer paid the ultimate price, mm-hmm. but I paid the price because my shot was off to the right. Probably honestly, because of the hard quartering shot, probably not by much. Mm hmm. You, you think, oh, dude, he shot him in the ass. That's a long ways. But in a quartering shot, yeah, it's he was not quartering as, pretty hard. Yeah, so he's not as far back as it's not as far back as you would think. But that's not an excuse. Um, I'm not going to be able to use the meat from this deer. 
because it does not smell good. I hit bladder. I hit guts. I it hit stomach. Awful. There's fecal matter all over the place. And, yeah. and that I'm unhappy about that. Mm. I'm happy. I recovered him. I'm happy. He's going to, he's going to be an absolutely great memory that sits on my wall that I'll look at every day with the rest of my deer. But it's not like, it's not like an, like last year's buck where I drilled him. I watched him die and I celebrated victoriously. Right. Like the hunter is the champion here. Right. right. On this one, like it's, I, I have, I have a happy feeling, mm-hmm. but it's not the same type of feeling right. where I went in, I dominated and I went home type of thing. You know, yeah. it was like the hunter went in, he, he went from a hunter to a tracker and basically I just recovered the cape and the antlers. And that's when you say it, like even saying it like that sounds horrible. Yeah. Like, Oh dude, you only shoot deer right. for the, the heads. Feel a little dirty. Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. feel like shit. Yeah. And, but that's part of it. Right? right. And we all know that, that there's a risk even on the perfect shots mm-hmm. that when you're out to kill an animal that sometimes when you have those opportunities, you have to take them and there's, it's risk versus reward, right? Mm-hmm. Risk versus reward. So but at least you, you stuck it out though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a few friends back in Missouri that would, that would stick it out. But, you know, I would say that the mass, you know, the majority of people would, would not. I mean, they maybe after you know the, the day one, can't find it. They're back hunting again. Yeah. You know, but you had some pretty compelling evidence to keep on. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. You know, so good for you for for sticking it out. Man, I tell you what, it, it just that's a testament to how strong these animals actually oh, are. Yeah. Um, and all the glory goes to the animal in in situations like this, mm-hmm. where. All that animal wanted to do was survive mm-hmm. what just happened to him. And that is where I feel as hunters, we have such a strong connection to these animals mm-hmm. because we are the ones who are trying to kill them, right? right. It's like predator and prey, right? It, it, let's let's face the facts. Our survival does not depend on whether or not we kill the deer. Nope. We can go to a grocery store. But I feel that... My whole thing is I want to I want to be the mountain lion. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm I'm going to shoot a deer. Like I need to kill it in order for me to be successful. I have to kill it. And I, you th- I don't know if thinking more like a predator or thinking if this even makes sense more like a, a hunter are two different things. But I think if you can if you can at the moment of truth you can question yourself or you can react, mm-hmm. right? And I reacted, mm-hmm. and I went with my gut. I went with take the shot. That mm-hmm. was, t- dude, take the shot. Right. And I took the shot. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. That's yeah. just. It's, hard, it's hard to kill him without shooting him. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he, he yeah. suffered. I felt like shit. I found him and got him out of there. I had a four wheeler. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the guy brought his four wheeler, or that would have been one hell of a, a drag mm-hmm. out. Cleaned him up. Or I, I, we gutted him there. Even right there, man, taking his insides out. Just rank. Just, 
I mean, there I could smell urine. I could smell feces. I could, sm- you know, stomach content. Have, yeah. Have you ever accidentally cut a gut when you're uh, oh, yeah. gutting a deer and you, that it, you get that? Yep. That was already out and it just smelled. Oh man, mm-hmm. it was not good. So I, I said, you know what? Let's just get the gut at, guts out. Let me get it home. Let me, you know, clean it up a little bit right. and, and see if I can salvage any of it. Because I knew in my in my heart that n- number one, I didn't want to risk anything because I feed this stuff to my kids, mm-hmm. and obviously kids are weaker than us, and they don't have the immune system that that we do, and they probably can't eat raw meat or you know <laughs> shit like that. But and then so after I I got it home, I let it set for a little while, I started smelling it, and it did not smell mm-hmm. like a deer should smell after you but like when you kicked that garage door open the sweet stinkiness of it almost smelled like gangrene you know like and that it's something that if you've ever smelled it you won't ever forget it you know yeah and that's kind of what it smells like like to me yeah so you know there's guys out there who are telling me dude you need to you should try tasting it you know, you should try boiling it first and, and do a little bit of it. And I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to risk it. I, unfortunately, there's guys out there that might try to keep it and salvage it, you know, but I just feel that with my family. Yeah. And, um, Go ahead and shoot Dan an email if you want this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not going to happen, but yeah, yeah. so. So I caped him out, and I got him to the taxidermist today. I uh, had a really good conversation with my taxidermist. Shout out to uh, um, um, Sam Gaylord at Old Barn Taxidermy in Fort Madison, Iowa. The, the dude has done – He's this is going to be the third head that he's done. High-quality work, got, you know, and the prices, I'm paying, I'm paying full price. So I'm not getting a discount, although if he hears this, maybe he should think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but just – Again, this is a story that I'm going to be able to share with everybody, right? Everybody who's interested, I'll tell this story about how the, this deer's will to live. The, the hunt wasn't over when I pulled the trigger, Mm-mm. right? It just started. All right. And this, that's when the story, this, the story of this, I mean, this podcast right now, we're sitting at an hour and 16 minutes and it's the majority of the story was the blood trail after the shot. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that's the part of the story that I'm going to give all the credit to the deer. He wanted to survive. I wanted to kill him. And, uh, this time, this time in the, in the story I, I won and, um, uh, it's not the way I wanted it to, but it happened. And, uh, I'm excited to share that story with whoever will listen. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've, <clears throat> I've heard other guys on podcasts say that you know six hours six hours gut shot you know yeah they're, they're dead from sepsis that's not the case you know i had said 24 hours is a good i mean that's like you know you look at a bell curve by 24 hours the majority of them should be expired yeah. you know yeah but um you know with with the you know call it a marginal shot placement and what it hit it took longer than that yeah you know i mean you know how long could uh you know could they live without drinking water and um and, and making it beyond that i mean that the bladder with the bladder being ruptured yeah. i mean 
thing was done. You know yeah. what I mean? It would it would not make it past three days. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. And but if you know, and it seems like uh, you know, if they if they can make it over that that hump, you know, to where they're not, they're part of their intestines where you know stool is actually passing beyond it. You know, if it doesn't wall it off, then the, you know they can survive that. But there was no way. I mean, he was going to die eventually. Yeah. Especially walking up to the wound, walking up and looking at him. Right. I mean, when I when I saw him, it like I don't know. It just not the greatest shot, but is what it is. Yeah. I can't take take back the decision. It just makes me think harder uh, about the next time a scenario like that plays. Maybe I'll take that shot again. Maybe I won't. Right. Um, it's, it, every time's different. Yeah. So and it's a good listen or a lesson for the listeners too. You know, I mean, don't. Don't get too discouraged. I mean, keep keep looking. You know, yeah. if you if you're finding finding encouraging signs, I mean, yeah. Because you know, how many times do you do you hear, oh yeah, I f- found the buck that I arrowed back in fall. You yeah. know, in shed season. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I mean, it's not like they lived for a little while and then they just died. I mean, they probably died sooner than they thought. Right. They just didn't yeah. push through. I don't know how many wounds with a broadhead, especially with a broadhead, a deer could take. You know, like if you hit him just in his in his meat of the ass, if you didn't like hit any type of uh, digestive system, or you didn't hit any type of lung, but shit with shipwreck, man, I guarantee you, I hit one lung. Mm-hmm. That's what the guy told me who who ended up killing him. He's like, check this scar out. Well, yeah, well, you saw the picture where yeah. the broadhead was sitting. His lung was right in the way. Yeah. It. So he, I had to have hit one lung, and he survived. Right. So. These animals are amazing creatures, and uh, I have much respect for them. And uh, I don't know the transition, how to get out of this, but uh, we're going to go try to do it again tonight. We are. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and that's that's why we're hunters, man. We just keep doing it, and we love it. And that's, that's how we honor the animal, right? We, you know, some people honor an animal by, I don't know, looking at them through a, 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 a binoculars or you know trying to save the world type people or you know trying to stop hunters we actually care about them in isn't it isn't it strange that we care about an animal so much but we also want to want to kill it right we want to harvest it or you know kill harvest i don't know like i know i'm talking to a bunch of hunters right now who like i i say harvest to be somewhat politically correct mm-hmm. but let's face the facts we're killing it right right Absolutely. so we love this animal so much and we're so passionate about this bow hunting thing that we were we're but we're killing it but that to me is an honor like honoring it right right it's but it's not like a farm animal because it's not this is a wild animal that i'm playing this chess match with it's like an opponent in a mm-hmm. way right and I honor how this animal lives 90, 100 degree heat, 25 degrees below zero, rain all day, mm-hmm. mosquitoes, drought, drought, coyotes, animals, whatever you want, this animal survives in and, yep. and has become nature's perf- almost perfect, like 
like he's perfect. Yeah. Right. His eyes are better than yours. His nose are better than yours. His ears are better than yours. The only thing that this animal does not have <laughs> that is better than us is a brain. That's right. Right. I mean, and an opposable thumb. Yeah. <laughs> it can't. It can't use a remote control. <laughs> can't text. Right. But yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, and that's where it uses those senses. It's heightened senses versus our heightened sense, was, mm. which is our, our thought process and our right. brain. And then it tells us, okay, this deer is going to use this trail, and our, we're going to be just off of it or whatever. However, That's right. So. Yeah, strip us down naked, put us out in the woods like that. You're not lasting very long in the no. same conditions. No, you'll find me at like a Walmart parking lot begging people for <laughs> food, you know, like <laughs> – so all right well that's the end of this podcast me and ryan are gonna go out and try to knock it uh knock a doe down or uh, try to get him a buck tonight uh and uh thanks for every thanks for uh, tuning in and really appreciate all the support that you guys have given me um to go and grind out and do all those things uh continue to look for this deer found him i can't wait to share more pictures uh with you guys as this as this goes out and uh um, if you guys haven't already, please, uh, be safe out there. Keep grinding the season. Like it's November 7th. That means the rut just started. I mean, there's still two weeks for you to get the job done and depending on where you live even more. Uh, so please, uh, thank you very much to all the partners of this podcast. There's no editing done on this one, Ryan. None. None. We're just, I'm going to put the SD card in the computer and I'm uploading. So, uh, that's going to do it for us today here at the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness.